All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Tim and John, welcome everybody. I'm glad you're with us. I hope everyone's doing well. Not on a Monday this week, on a Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, whenever we're getting this downloaded. We had a little bit of an issue yesterday. We, we couldn't get to the episode and I'll take the blame on this one. I, I feel like I dropped the ball where we usually do it on a Monday morning or a Sunday night and I just kind of, uh, I had stuff going on. Tim had hockey Sunday night. Yep. He couldn't do it Sunday night. And then Monday morning I was busy. I, I was um I was out and about and I just I just couldn't make it happen. So we decided to just punt and do it on a Tuesday. And so that's what we're doing. And we almost missed Tuesday because Tim's not getting his sleep, everybody. And it's a big issue. So he hasn't gotten his sleep the last two nights, and he's grumpy. And he is a little sleepy-eyed. And this is foreign territory for Tim. Usually he gets his tight tight eight, tight ten hours. What do you usually get at night, Tim? I'm good for usually at least seven or eight. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what's going on. Not sleeping well, but that's okay. I'm still here to deliver content to the people, and that's what matters. That's what matters. He only got six hours, and he looks – doesn't look good. No. I, got, I, did, I wish I got six hours. Yeah, but anyways, it's just the life of a 30-year-old. I was thinking about it last night when I was – I wanted to do an episode last night, and Tim texted me. He goes, I can't. I'm really tired. I'm going to hit the sack. You know, I didn't get to sleep last night. I'm like, man, when I was 30, I wasn't worried about sleep. I was like out partying, this and that. Sleep was like the third or fourth thing on my to-do list. Man, I was so cool. So, But anyways, you're very responsible, Tim. Good for you. Were you cool? Oh, man coolest cat in town you know it 
<laughs> but anyways, moving on. I hope you do get some sleep tonight because there's a lot to discuss. The NHL is just on fire with all the news they're putting out there. Wah, wah, wah. Well, let's let's start with this. Mike Hoffman. We talked last episode. Why have the Bruins not signed him yet? What's going on? All every article I read about him, all the research I do about teams and players and how they would fit. Again, why is this guy not signed? I, I still think he's set that number and he is kind of waiting out the teams and hopefully one team will crack and bump him up a little bit. But I don't think the money is there for these remaining free agents. And I, and I do think players are going to start scrambling for a contract where you go into free agency, assuming that you're going to get a two, three, four year deal. And all of a sudden the offers are not there and the teams are not calling. And the guys who are signing are signing for far less than they, than they should have gotten on a regular year. So at what point do you kind of just have to bite the bullet? If you're Mike Hoffman, I know this is his chance to cash in and just kind of get that contract done because time's ticking baby. And we don't know when the season's going to start, but all signs point to January 1st and we're already into October and we're pushing November. So it's not like they have the luxury of just waiting on it. Like it's a July signing July 1st. You have the whole summer to kind of get this figured out. You have a month and a half. And if you don't have things done right now, like what, what's the holdup? Why, why is Mike Hoffman not signed? Put you are Mike Hoffman, Tim. Okay. Why have you not signed so far? even though your agent sent out a tweet that there's 15 teams that are interested and you're just so overwhelmed with all the contracts you've been getting offered. So what's the story, Mike Hoffman? What's the story, Morning Glory? Uh, I mean, I, I can't say exactly, right? Who can? But probably, yeah, that the number in mind that he has that he's not seen yet. But I think I always find it interesting when an agent comes up and speaks like this because usually there's a reason behind it. And the fact that Mike Hoffman's agent, who's the number one free agent right now, and his agent is is on page one of NHL.com's headlines, uh, means there's probably a, a little something going on behind the scenes there, right? And the, the quote is interesting. He says, a lot of, I think a lot of teams would love to add Mike Hoffman to their roster and have had difficulty moving pieces around in order to make room for a guy like Mike. And then he goes, who doesn't want a 30-year-old goal or 30-goal scorer in your lineup? Raise your hand. So he's like he's pumping Hoffman's tires, obviously, as he, as he, an agent will do. But usually, for him to say all that stuff and talk about how there's more than a dozen teams interested in him means that maybe the teams aren't as interested as they are as as they want them to be, and they're not. Maybe they're sort of kicking the tires, maybe lowballing them. He's not getting a number he wants, and so he's not signing. Those agents maybe just putting a little bit of pressure on the situation, but not too often do you see an agent quoted like this uh, as major headline news. And just kind of a word to the agent. There's not many times when you see a, th- a perennial 30 goal score go unsigned in the first month of free agency. You have to really think about why this is and really have a talk with your clients and say, Hey, listen, Mike, we need to be realistic. Times are changed, baby. Teams are not going to spend to the cap because owners, the owners are in this business to make money. That's it. Some of them are hockey fans. Some, you know, have billions of dollars and they don't care as much. But for the most part, every owner in the NHL wants to make money. He'd be silly not to. And if you're looking at 
the next two or three seasons of no gate revenue, no revenue of any kind other than TV deals, which for the NHL could plummet because of this COVID stuff, you're not out there trying to sign 30-year-old goals, 30 goal scorers who are not smart defensively and don't really bring anything else to the table to five, six million dollars. And I think that conversation has to be had with Mike Hoffman where it's like, Hey man, like market's not there. Like you need to adjust your number. And I just went through this with selling with the sale of my home. We came out the first year we were like, boom, million bucks. This is what we want. And we were hair under million and we just sat on it for like two or three months we had a few uh, like offers and nothing really substantial. And we're like, okay, well, let's be realistic. And we lowered it. And as soon as we lowered it, we had a bunch more offers and we sold it. So I could have been stubborn and be like, no, no, I'm, I don't, I want a million dollars. That's what I want. And I'm not going to sell it until I get that number. And even if it takes me 10 years and I have to pay all the taxes and the carrying costs for 10 years and everything. It's like, well, by the time you look at it, I, I would have, you know, made more money by just selling it for a lower number. So it was, it was a hard pill to swallow. I, I know players are prideful and they, they have this number set and they see the market and he probably aligns himself up with another 30 goal score. And he's like, well, that guy's getting $6 million. Why can I not get $6 million or $5.5 million or even $5 million? He's he needs to just get um, a dose of reality, I think, and that that's the issue. I think his pride's getting in the way where he he doesn't want to look like the guy who just couldn't get the money. You know what I mean? Like everybody else is getting paid, and he doesn't want to be the guy, the last guy left at the dance. You know, the last guy picked for soccer. He's like, oh, I got to sign for three million. It's like that's still a heck of a lot of money. Well, I mean, you've been talking even since the, the off season started, even before that that. Um, players are going to have some reality checks waiting for them and they're not going to get the numbers that they would normally get in a normal year. And it's going to be hard for some of them to accept. So it's really not that surprising to see one or two or three or four of these guys kind of holding out because they haven't really accepted that reality yet. And I think Hoffman kind of represents that as a top really goal scoring free agent left in the market right now. Yeah. And, and the top guys did it too. Tori Krug, if he would have hit free agency before COVID, He's looking at seven and a half to eight million dollars a year. Like he is that type of defenseman who changes the, the whole complexion of a team. And he signed for six point five. So he took a he took a little haircut on his salary. And you don't hear him complain. It's still a lot of money. And yes, granted, he's not making the amount that he probably thought he was going to make going into free agency, but you have to just play ball with the rules that are, you know, you have. So I don't know. I Go what do you think? What do you think Hoffman's number is? I know I've said this. I, I think his ceiling is four right now. So it's interesting because Sam Reinhardt just signed one year deal with his own Sabres team for one year, 5.2, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big number. And maybe Hoffman, again, when he sees that sign just a day or two ago, he digs in even, even harder and says, Hey, that, okay, that's my, and I, he scores more goals than Reinhardt. Yeah. And again, this is, this is another thing where you could get a higher number for a shorter term because teams don't know where the economy is going. And if, if the economy tanks even more and the fans are not allowed into the games, they're not, they don't want to be saddled with a three year, four year contract, giving out $6 million a year, $5 million a year. So I feel like if I was a GM, I would offer Hoffman a one year, $5 million deal, or I, I would offer him a three year, $12 million deal. 
So those are the deals that I would be offering to him, and I'm sure he's seeing those. So, yeah, the Reinhardt deal definitely gives him a bar to shoot for. But Reinhardt, you know, he's familiar with Buffalo. He's got a relationship with them. They didn't want to lose him, and he's a good player. Like, he's, he's a darn good player. And just uh, I can just see Kevin Adams, the GM of Buffalo, just envisioning him with Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel. Those are pretty, pretty strong forwards there. Those are three strong forwards to kind of build your team around. So it's, um, it'll be very interesting to see how these remaining free agents sign because there are quite a few free agents left out there. And going into free agency, Mike Hoffman was one of the top five guys to, you know, to, be, to be signed. He was, he was a, an asset that teams are supposed to be going after. So for him to still be on the list, it's, um, it's very telling. A, by his pride, and B, by just – Teams not willing to spend like they used to. I, I was reading an article about the amount of money being shelled out for free agency as compared to other years, and it's amazing how much less teams are, pay, are spending this year. I guarantee you owners have had a conversation with GMs and said, hey, listen, you, you cannot spend more than – the cap's going to be, what, 81.5, I think? That's, it's a flat cap still. I guarantee you half, if not more, than the teams in the NHL will not come anywhere near that number. Just because owners are are very, gosh, they like making money, like I said earlier, and they're going to give their GMs maybe seventy million bucks to spend. I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a quarter of the teams are below seven million, seventy million dollars this year, just because you don't know. It's so unknown. This stinking coronavirus and the all the restrictions, and especially if Joe Biden gets in an office, he's going to lock everything down. Like it's, it's going to go back to the stone ages where we're, we're not going to be able to leave our house again, just from what he's been saying. So we'll see what happens. And Mike Hoffman, just sign a deal, man. Just, just get it done. Like just pick one out of the pile of all your multiple offers that apparently you have. Cause it, you know, what's funny is he's holding up other guys like Anthony Duclair is probably waiting for him to sign because teams are waiting on Mike Hoffman to make a decision. Then once he does, then the next best player is Anthony Duclair. So it is a trickle-down effect where teams are kind of waiting on the best player. So, well, we, we would love him, but if he goes somewhere else, then we'll move on to Anthony Duclair. So it'll be interesting. To see. Now, it won't be very interesting, but it'll be sort of interesting to see what he signs for. I think that's fair. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. Just say you have an employee who is constantly late to, late to meetings, you know, sleeps in, looks terrible when you're on Zoom calls. You know, say, say someone like Tim, who just, you know, doesn't really put the effort in you go to indeed.com and you search all of the qualified people on their website you will find someone and you will find someone fast with 73 percent of online jobs job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the important hire you you need just like they have for over three million businesses right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollar credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. 
Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sport book experts. What do you think about the Reinhardt deal? Is this 5.2 surprise you? It's a little high. Yeah. It's a little high for a player. Um, but like I said, I think the Sabres, they're invested in him. They, they've seen the potential he has. He's still, he's still really young. Like he is what, 24 years old, 25 years old. So. Yep. He's 24. And I, I remember like, I mean, I knew he was a good player. I know he's a top line player in Buffalo. I hadn't been paying too much of a close attention to him. Uh, just cause it's Buffalo, right. He's not like lighting the lamp. I figured he's like, you know, maybe a, a 30, 40 point guy. That was just a good hometown guy, but he's been a good player. He had, uh, 65 points last year and he had 50 in a shortened season. So maybe just come a little short of that this year. Um, he's putting up 20 plus goals every year. He's not Mike Hoffman's, you know, 30 target number, but he's a good player that I didn't really realize he's flying a little bit under the radar. And I'm sure Eichel must like playing with him. It'll be interesting to see now with Eric Stahl, does Reinhardt plays both the center and the right wing? Does he shift over to top right, top line, right wing along Eichel and Hall? Um, does he play a third line center behind Stahl and Eichel? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but uh, he kind of surprised me when I saw that number. I said, "Whoa, that's a lot!" And then I looked at his stats and I'm like, "You know what? This kid's pretty good." I I didn't really realize that. I slot him as second line center and Stall at third line center. Yeah, yeah, I think Stall is more suited for that role, and I think yeah, even Stall put him in a lockdown situation where he goes up against the other team's top line just because he is so physical and he has that skill set, and I think he still still has the wheels to kind of get up and down the ice, even though he's a big boy. But, yeah, I like um, Reinhardt at center. He's been a disappointment, I think, since his draft. He was picked, what, number two overall? He was, yep. So if you're a number two overall pick, you're you're expected to be the franchise player. And I, I don't think that has panned out yet. The verdict is still out on him, which, you know, some guys take a little bit longer to develop. And we'll see. Maybe surrounding him with these better players, who knows? Maybe Taylor Hall just sets off his – his development and he gets 80 points this year. Cause I think that's the threshold is a point a game. That's when, you know, you're an elite forward. If you're, if you're putting up 82 points, that's, that's the benchmark for forward. So I don't know a one-year deal. This is a prove it deal. Like he Buffalo said, okay, we're not going to invest in you long-term, but we still like you. You know, they're, they're flirting with them still. They're, they're not ready to put a ring on the finger yet. And so they're just like, Hey baby, like maybe we'll go for a dance. Maybe I'll see your moves again. And then if you know, if I like what I see, you're going to get that ring, my, my friend. So, and you see this around the league where players are, are banking on the economy taking off again, the league opening up and revenues getting back to where they once were. Um, Taylor Hall with the Buffalo Sabres taking a one-year deal. You see um, Tyson Berry taking a one-year deal, Sam Reinhardt taking a one-year deal. Then I'm sure there's countless more. Teams are not investing in players long-term because they don't know. And conversely, players are are playing the slow game. They're like, okay, 
if there's no money this year, maybe there'll be money next year. So we're going to take a one-year deal. A guy like Tyson Berry, his value is not going to drop. He's already entrenched in how good he is. Same with Taylor Hall. Maybe we'll take a two-year deal and then we'll, we'll hit the market again once the cap freeze is out. So it, it's just interesting. I, I saw a stat where there was only two guys who signed for $20 million more on the forward corpse this season. And they both are from Montreal. It's Gallagher and um, Anderson. And I think you see that just because players are, are – they want their money. And so they're not going to sign a five-year deal and lock themselves in at a small number. Then you turn around and you, you look like um, Nathan McKinnon and you're vastly underpaid or um, a Pasternak where you have one of those contracts that are super team-friendly for four more years. And you're kicking yourself because you, you panicked and you took the deal – even though, you know, two years later, the league is flourishing and the salary cap was $90 million and guys are making a ton of money and you are still stuck in a six-year deal making $5 bucks. Not that that is, you know, pennies, but Taylor Hall signed a six-year deal for $6 million per. I'm sure in five years he'd be kicking himself. But anyways, I just think it's interesting. It's, it's a gamble, but we'll see how it pans out for both players and teams because, you know, teams weren't offering out those big deals. It's just – it's a funny time, Tim. It's a very funny time. We also had a couple of retirements uh, come out yesterday. One, Trevor Daly, who had a pretty underrated NHL career. He won two cups with Pittsburgh. He was a solid player. Um, and Martin Hansel, who I think probably was a was a pretty reliable and, and I would say one of the better bottom six centers, two-way centers in the league during you know some of his best player, playing time. Um, did you play with either of those guys? I played with Hansel. He was so hot. Um, <laughs> that's a reference to. I got that. Uh, okay, good. Zoolander. Zoolander. Um, he he was a good player. He had a lot of skills. He was six foot six. Tall he boy. Was a big big boy. And I don't know why he never really took off because he had great hands. He really liked to play a hard game too, which was um, not very characteristic of a a European player. I, I don't want to you know, get in trouble with Don Cherry's crowd who rips people. But the Europeans don't want – most of them don't like to play that hard-nosed game, but he did. He loved getting in front of the net and, you know, scrumming in the corners and stuff and using his big body. So, yeah, he, he was a good player, good teammate in Arizona. It's it's strange he didn't um, flourish in Dallas. I thought when he went there he was going to really take off to get some really high-end talent around him because in Arizona we didn't have that – high-end talent that they did in Dallas. So it just didn't pan out. You know, I, I think he got out of his comfort zone. Maybe he didn't get the playing time that he thought he would. Guys who are, you know, high-end guys, they like to get ice time, you know, and, and when they don't get it, they they maybe check out a little bit. I could see him doing that. So I don't know. Maybe he got injured. I, I really don't know. He grew that beard, and I think that was the end of it. You know, if the whole beard trend, I think it needs to go away. I think it's ran its course, don't you think? People like it, though. No, they don't. I, I feel like it's ran its course. I, I think now it's not even a novelty anymore. Now it's just like, oh, you have a beard. Everybody has a beard. You know, I, I, th- I honestly think society needs to shift back to the 1950s, and everybody needs to be clean cut and have a clean, sh- clean shaven face and just look put together. You know, put some effort in your, in your outfit, in yourself. I I don't know. I, I go to the store or I go somewhere. I, I've been shopping for stuff for the house. And all these people have long hair and beards. And it just looked like they rolled out of bed. And they just didn't 
put any effort into their appearance. But then you, you look at them a little bit more. It's like, no, you tried to look like that. You tried to look like that. No, no, let, let's, let's start a trend. Everybody clean shaven and just high and tight haircuts. You just see how we feel about ourselves. I don't know. I think, I think it's gone on long enough, this like really rustic, you know, long hair, big, big beards. Like, don't get me wrong. I like a little five o'clock shadow and a little something there. Not the big old beards. It, it works on some people, but not everybody. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Like, my dad had season tickets to the Celtics in, like, the late 80s, the Larry Bird years. Um, and he would just – he was working in Boston. He would go right from the office. But a lot of guys there, people would just wear suits to the game. That was sort of like what you did. That that was only 20, 30 years ago now that, you know, you go you look around at a Celtics game, other than the kids and, you know, teenagers and stuff, a lot of guys are wearing suits. And that used to be the thing, you know, obviously way back in the day, too. But no one does it anymore. It's a, you know, they used to get on the airplane in the suit and tie. It was just a little – people took – had a little more respect for themselves than I think that they do now. Now everyone's in sweatpants and, oh, I got to be comfortable. Like, no, how about you just kind of present yourself in a professional manner? What do you think of um, Cam Newton getting a little flack for his stuff from Jeff Garcia? I, What's your he, thoughts on that? I think anyone can say anything they want about Cam Newton right now. The way he's playing, you know, you can you can attack his playing style. You can attack his suit. I think Jeff Garcia went a little over the top, but at the same point, I think his point is is well taken, though. Like, you put so much effort into how you look and the way you present yourself and your social media, but you just got lit up, right? So how about you just focus on playing first, right? Make that your priority. Tim, you don't know these kids. It's important to get the perfect amount of braids in your hair and then you have to match the glasses with the hat with the scarf you have to match that especially if you're in san francisco where it's 85 degrees you have to you don't know tim you're so out of touch now that you've you've turned 30 you don't get it what what was your thoughts on cam newton's game i know you touched on a little bit the new england patriots are are they in trouble well, I couldn't watch the whole thing because it was. Oh, on, nobody could. Well, nobody it was on Red could. Zone. It wasn't on. It wasn't on national TV. No, even if it was on national TV, nobody could have finished that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, my little cousin was watching. He's a diehard Cam fan and Patriots fan, and he was just like, you couldn't talk to him, right? Because he takes everything so personally. Even if like, uh, you know, before the game, they have like the four analysts like pick who they think is going to win each game. Yeah, I think only one person picked the Patriots, and he was like storming around the house he was so mad like that's how personally he takes it so when he was actually playing poorly you you couldn't talk to him I had to leave the room because he was just that upset so it was it was not pretty to watch um I think gosh I don't know you can you could probably give him maybe the tiniest tiniest asterisk just because he hasn't been able to practice as much the last two weeks as other guys have but this past week he's been pretty much up to speed so I don't think there's any much an excuse I think his lease is short. Belichick already said he's still the no question the the starting quarterback, but I think Stidham the, the gap between him and Stidham is pretty small right now. I think Stidham's going to get another chance to play some more. I think they have a bad team overall. They're just they don't have good. a bad team. I think they 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 got hit by the COVID, where a lot of their starters on defense sat out the year. Yeah, that was a big hit for them. And it their was. offense is. Down. I know their offense is lacking. They don't have a running game. Their best wide receiver is this um, Nile Diggs or whatever his name is, and he's a rookie. They, they just have Edel, Edelman's checked out. He still wishes Tom Tom was there. 
Speaking of Tom, does he win this divorce? Like, because everyone was always, the conversation was, who made who? Was it the chicken or the egg? Who, who, who made who? Is Tom making Belichick or is Belichick making Brady? Does Brady now solidify that he was the one? He was the driving force behind those six Super Bowls, not Belichick? I would say too soon to say solidify, uh, but it's looking that way. I mean, right now, plus he's got Gronk on his side, too. And they just um, tied Steve Young and Jerry Rice for second all-time in quarterback-to-receiver touchdowns with 92. He's not going to beat the number one. It's like it's like 140 or something. But, um, yeah, I think right now it's looking like Brady is going to win this de- debate. Um, but time will tell. You know, it's, I think it's t- too soon to say for sure – because you don't think how much you can really say until both Belichick and Brady are retired to have the conversation, you know, finalized. And Tampa Bay just signed Antonio Brown. They are yeah. like, they are absolutely loaded at receiver position. Like they have three Pro Bowl wide receivers and a Pro Bowl tight end. Like it, it gets crazy. And Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Like they just are. They're looking pretty strong. And you got Tom chucking the ball around. It's funny how my perception of Tom has changed. I used to despise him. Now I like him. I'm like, hey, he's on Tampa Bay. He's good. Bills are going to win the AFC East, and I'm going to get a nice – did we bet dinner on that? I think we did. I don't know. Oh, baby, that was a big mistake. By you. <laughs> oh. So what else is on the docket? Anything else, Tim? Uh, no, maybe just close out with uh, last last episode. You had some hot takes around the Blackhawks. The, the letter, um, pretty strongly worded, calling it an embarrassment and stuff. And it grabbed some people's attention. Um, a couple of headlines, a couple of strongly worded tweets right back at you. Um, do, you wanna, do you want to recant a little bit on what you said? Do you want to take that back? Um, I, I actually wrote a letter to the fans. <laughs> um I I really signed yeah no I apologize for everything I've done it's like no it was a joke with the Hawks did and everybody knows it I I someone from their someone from the team reached out to me who I who I'm fairly good friends with and he's like yeah it's embarrassing so it's um it's sad because I love the Hawks it, it's one of those things where I still have a lot invested in that team I'm still around them quite a bit I still talk to the players like I, I feel like I'm still a part of that team and when I see something like this I just shake my head I'm like why are you doing this you don't need to you're the Chicago Blackhawks like let that sink in you're the Chicago Blackhawks you don't send out letters apologizing to the fans so it is what it is and I don't know people I saw people tweeting like oh good I'm glad we said we got John's take on this it's like because my take doesn't matter it's like I'm not your average Joe Blow I'm not some guy I just pulled off the street. I played for the Hawks. I'm still very intimately involved with the Hawks. I talk to a lot of people in that organization, and I feel like my opinion is maybe worth a little bit more than yours, Larry in the basement from Grand Rapids. You know what I mean? It's just trolls are the worst. They just try to – and he's happy because he's got a reaction out of me. So, I don't know. I, I just want the Hawks to do well. You know, I want them to succeed. I think if they're good – the league is in a better spot. You know, those original six teams, if they're successful, I think the league is flourishing. So writing letters doesn't make you successful. It just makes you the laughing stock of the league. But anyways, other than that, I got to, I'm talking to a Chicago reporter on Wednesday about it. I'm sure I'll get ripped again because I'll say something silly. What are you going to do? It's a live and learn, Tim. I'm not perfect. Not like you.
Mr. Perfect. Not when I don't get a full night's sleep. Oh, you need to go to bed right now. Take the day off. I can't. Go, go to sleep. Can't stop. You just work too hard. You're just a machine. Look at you. All right, everybody. Well, we are out of here. We will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. And then we will see you again on Friday. So have a good week. I hope everyone's doing good. And cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. Oh.